0: This is Dr. James Crosby, Head of Sustainability at Advantage Utilities. I'd like to ask, could your organisation be more of an energy sector hero? Are you interested in improving your sustainability as a business? Well, now you can obtain the expert view and guidance on renewable energy solutions, on-site generation, carbon accounting and sophisticated grid energy purchasing options through Advantage Utilities. Our team of experts use the latest tools to better analyse, track and reduce your organization's energy usage and carbon emissions. To find out how Advantage Utilities can become your one-stop shop for all your energy and sustainability needs, please visit www.advantageutilities.com or give one of our passionate and friendly team a call on 0208 131 4747.
1: Hi there and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. Hi there and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. My guest today is Michael Foucault. Michael is an incredible construction director, having worked in multi locations worldwide. Michael, would you like to introduce yourself, please?
2: Okay. My name is Michael Foucault. I am 49 years old now. I'm working in a Technip Energy company, French company, in oil and gas, for now almost 20 years. In this uh, company and also before this company, I've worked uh, mainly abroad, not in France, but in many countries, starting from Africa, South America, Europe, Middle East and the Far East. I'm working... Uh, as a construction director now in Technip, mainly on different types of projects oil and gas, gas uh, liquefaction, liquefaction, refinery, and previously in other companies in metro and uh, rocket, space rockets, and um, airport maintenance. So now I am uh, back in France for a short uh, period after long work in uh, Far East in my previous project for gas industry.
1: Excellent. So how did you get started in the energy sector?
2: In fact, um, after my graduation from engineering school, I did not start immediately with the energy sector. I arrived in the energy sector, uh, which means a technique company, around uh, eight years after my graduation. And uh, I was working previously in transportation because I was doing uh, working for Alstom, uh, doing to, uh, metro. But uh, I always wish to to enter the oil and gas sector, and Tech gave me this opportunity twenty years ago, and this is how I enter the oil and gas industry.
1: Did you find it easy to transfer your skills between the transport industry and the oil and gas?
2: Not really, because um, as my discipline is mainly construction work and not operation work, so it's quite a similar type of work and uh, on the job sites. So it was quite easy for me to adapt myself, except the size of a project, which is a little bigger in oil and gas than in transportation. The rest is quite similar in terms of daily work and on the job, job site.
1: Okay, thank you. Did you have any role models during your career?
2: I have the opportunity to meet some, uh, let's say, experienced people and work with, with them and for them in the past. Uh, starting by my first boss when I was in Africa on the airports. She's a former uh, Navy colonel, so he was quite strict, but gave me some good uh, methodology to work and uh, in communication skills. And this is outside Technip, but inside Technip, I got two uh, mentors, which I have been able to, to take and to capitalize on them. Uh, the first one is... Uh, I think uh, you remember this one is uh, Mr. Maldi was uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi office and uh, despite uh, his toughness and uh, demanding a lot, he has some methodology and way to manage which can be uh, used uh, on a daily basis on the job sites. And the second one is uh, Mr. Jean-Marc-Omory, Mori, is uh, still in Technip and working for Technip right now. And is uh, also quite similar uh, with uh, methodology and uh, rigorous uh, way to manage uh, the job sites.
1: What is the most challenging thing
2: about your current role? The most challenging is, um, is not the technical part, because it's quite uh, repeating the same from mm-hmm. one project to another. The most challenging is to manage the people, because on our job sites, the, the, regardless where you are assigned in the world, you are facing uh, a, a small, medium, or big uh, team with you. And you manage these people from different cultures, different uh, origins, different way to think. And this this is a challenge. You have to adapt permanently yourself to the, uh, to the person you are facing or you are uh, managing. Otherwise, uh, as I said, technically, the challenge is uh, it's, it's uh, not too much different from one project to another. It's really the, the human part, which is the challenge in our job now.
1: So, have you got any tips on how to manage manpower effectively? Because I remember we we worked together previously on a project, a quite a large project at the time, and there was I remember hearing that there was about ten thousand people on the site at one at one point. That must have been a huge responsibility for you to manage all them people.
2: Well, yes, uh, the number of workers can be uh, very high ten thousand. It was. Uh... A medium at, at peak, we will reach 25,000. But um, in fact, you are not alone. You have a team with you. You have a full team with uh, managers, service, superintendents, supervisors, engineers, inspectors. So if you set up your team well and with uh, key people who you can rely on and uh, trust, it's uh, quite easier for you to manage regardless of size. You need to to gather the right team around you to manage it.
1: Okay, thank you. How does your current role compare to your aspirations as a young boy? Did you always want to be an engineer?
2: I've been graduated engineer. At the beginning, I was not doing construction immediately, but it's true that you're, when you are coming from the school, you you have no experience. You have, you have just knowledge, so you you need to to accumulate some experience with the different work. But compared to what when I started. And I am now, in fact, uh, I stay in the same uh, the same domain, the same discipline, which is a construction.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just climb a different level to be the one, the number one responsible on the site. So it's it's quite, let's say, a normal a normal path in my discipline to, to, with the time and experience and knowledge we have accumulated on all of these years, to to reach this site. Uh, what we call site management position
1: okay if you were going to hire someone what would make an outstanding hire what qualities do you look for when you're hiring someone
2: when hire somebody i what i'm looking for is uh, first you you need you need to be faithful i mean if you hire somebody we stay with you only a couple of months you invest on somebody and after a few months you have to redo again so the, the people who, who I, I hire, when I receive a resume or CV, I'm trying first to see if the, the, the person is stable. Is stable means uh, is able to start and finish a, a project or work. If the person is not stable, meaning that every, every uh, short period is moving, it's not too much attractable for me. Obviously, I need, of course, competent people in the in the domain and the skill I'm looking for, which is uh, quite, let's say, easy to find on the market because we quite a number of people in the world to to work on the job sites. But uh, honestly, the most important part is to be faithful. So, if you if you come in the team, you you have to to do the job at, but till the end.
1: Yeah, that is really good advice. Actually, thank you. Have you had any clear disasters?
2: Clear disasters in terms of uh, project, no. Personally, no. The projects I've been uh, handling or working for in the past have always been uh, completed, majority on time. Now, uh, what I could call disaster is when you have an accident on the site. This is a human disaster because you are losing life. So it happens to me uh, on two projects, one, uh, one in Qatar, RGX project, where we got to an accident, and one in China, another one, Yamal project, where we got another guy killed during the war. So this, I could say, this is a disaster because you are losing somebody. Otherwise, no, in terms of other factors, no.
1: How do you handle that when you do have a fatality on your project? That must be an incredible pressure for you.
2: Yeah, depending where you work, huh? When you are in Middle East, of course, you have a pressure from a client, local authorities, but also your own pressure and responsibility because you are responsible for the people on the site. How to handle it? First of all, you're not alone. You have a team which can support you. You try to understand what went wrong and to avoid to, do, to this happen again. So in Middle East, it's quite uh, stressful. I would say when you're in Far East, like a China country, it's different. It's different because there you don't have direct contact with local authorities. Everything is quite blurred. And this is managed directly by Chinese authority without you you to be involved. So the biggest stress is uh, when you are in countries like Europe, Middle East. Yes, there you you have to face uh, your management, but the client, local authorities, and explain what went wrong. And more important, uh, you have to accompany the the family also of a deceased person. This happened to me in one time, but it was not an accident. It was uh, one of my team members who would simply die at home from heart attack. And this is also quite difficult to handle because uh, it's not related to work, but you have to handle the family who is facing you and asking why, what happened and how to help them so yes this is quite uh, difficult
1: it is it would be very difficult it would be very very difficult what is your zone genius sorry my your zone genius what are you what are you good at what are you most excellent at i think i'm quite good
2: in communication and understanding the people i work with if i'm correct uh, we work together and I think I can. I'm able to handle uh, any type of personality in my team, and giving uh, support, and more important, leadership, showing the direction where your team you want them to go. So this I believe is one of my strength. But of course, uh, this is what I I feel. Uh, the best the best is is over people to tell me, but this is what I feel.
1: Okay. Thank you. I think so too. Having worked with you before, you did have a very good communication with, your, with all your team. I remember this before. Yeah. I just wondered, because you work all over the world, how do you handle your work-life balance? Is it hard?
2: Ah, yes, this is hard. This is hard because um, we are working, uh, first of all, we are working on job sites, so it's not an office work. No. The job sites most of the time are not in cities. So you have to wake up early and come back late in the evening home. So you don't see too much your family, and this can cost you uh, your family life. It, it cost me my first uh, family, uh, for personally. But now I I could find a good um, a good compromise with my new family. You need to find time for, for your family. And uh, when I was younger, so I was uh, always focusing on the work. And I neglect uh, my family. With the age, now it's opposite. It's the opposite. I prefer to put my family first. So means meaning that uh, when I can take some day off or a break, I'm taking it. I'm not postponing anything, which was done, which I was doing before. So it's clearly difficult, but I changed totally my mind uh, around ten years ago and uh, giving priority to my family. But the reason now I, I am more on focusing. On the family timing, and um, then being always on the work and uh, in office or outside, same. Huh?
0: Yeah. But, uh,
2: I'm trying to find some days off and uh, take some break to be with them. So it's despite my work, it's it's feasible now. It's feasible.
1: No, that, that's excellent. That's excellent to hear that you're doing that. I just wondered, out of all the countries that you've worked in. Because you must have worked in quite a few. What, what area has been your most favourite? I
2: work and I lived around the total, if I summarise, around the 40 countries for zero. Mm. Uh, it depends the period. Huh? It, uh, sometimes it was a longer time, sometimes a shorter uh, period, it depends. But this is more or less the number of countries I could visit, but visiting in work, but also as a, as a personal. So and uh, you asked me what, which one was the best yeah which one was the best my best experience is Turkey when I was working in Istanbul for a metro as an expat This personally is my best experience much much better than any other places I could live before
1: okay why was that then
2: Turkey is a, I don't know if, if you know too much Turkey but Turkey is a beautiful country with history very friendly people despite what people can think they are friendly when you live with them and um, it's beautiful, especially Istanbul. Huh? Uh, the food is good as well. It's sometimes tough to work with them. But the friendship is is uh, is a, a true friendship. So when you can make some, some friends in this country, it's not uh, a hypocrite. It's uh, real friends. And uh, I spent quite a good time there. And uh, for me, a European, Istanbul is a good compromise between uh, Europe and uh, Asia. It's perfect. Huh?
0: Mm.
1: Thank you. I just wondered, what does your average week look like?
2: My average week?
1: Yeah, when you're working.
2: I don't know. Right, now, right now, I'm back in France. Mm. So I am working in the main office half a week. And second half, uh, we work from remote, from uh, home. So right now, it's quite good because it's quite comfortable. Huh? We have time for family. Mm. Sure. but this is not my my real life because i am on a job site if uh, you compare uh, when i am on a job site like uh, previously in china or in middle east my week is uh, starting on monday early and finishing uh, depending the week on friday evening or saturday evening so six days a week one day off when we are in middle east it's uh, the friday is off it's the same huh? and around 10, 10 to 12 hours per day, quite fast, it's quite intense, but it's quite ex- ex- exciting experience because every day is different. Unlike when you go to office on a daily basis, the job site is changing every day. You are, you are facing different challenges and the work, you can see the work moving and you can, you can appreciate what you are building when you're in construction company. So exciting week, but very loaded week.
1: Do you prefer to be in the office or do you prefer to be on the construction site?
2: I prefer to be on the job site. Yeah, me too. Office is not done for me.
1: I like the office. Sometimes it's okay. But I think in the in the construction site you see, whereas if when you're designing something, when we were on a Yamal together. It, because I had always done design, it was my first construction job. Mm-hmm. It always surprises me how what you put on the paper to design is totally different to how it will come out on the construction site. It's just totally different. You just have sometimes the design doesn't work, and you have to really modify it whilst you're building it. It's just it's just amazing. It was one yeah. of the most amazing times. It's probably one of my most favorite jobs, actually.
2: Yeah, it's quite uh, it's quite interesting to see. Uh, not only on a paper, but uh, what what you will, And uh, it's it's a pity that uh, not more people are coming from office to job site to see what they put on a paper, what it became after. So it's uh, it's totally another world compared to office. Huh?
1: It is, because I, I have the philosophy that you don't really know until you see and touch them. Yeah. You have a better understanding and a better appreciation about what you're designing, I think.
2: As you say, uh, sometimes... Uh, it's not matching. The design has to be adjusted to build it. In fact, we we are at the end of the chain. You have no choice. You have to hand over the, the factory, the uh, to the, the factory to the client. Wow. It has to work. So whatever has been put on a paper, if it's not matching or working, you you have to fix it. There's no other way. You cannot just escape and saying, "Okay, so the paper is wrong." No. So this is, how, what is what is rich in our, in, our, in our work, because we don't have only just applying what is on the paper. We are also thinking and trying to find solutions when something is wrong. It's more interesting than just doing some drawings in an office.
1: I think so too. Thank you. Who do you depend on most in your working environment?
2: <sighs> Honestly, uh, when you have a job site, you depend on your team. You are not alone. Despite the fact that in my current position, now I am the, the top of the, of the site, our job site, you depend on your team because you know perfectly you cannot perform a job alone. And that's why I said before, you need, you need to surround yourself with competent and trustful people. So without your team, you cannot do it. So I, de- I depend directly on them.
1: What type of work do you always delegate?
2: What type of work I always delegate? In my, in my position, I have uh, I have under me a bunch of uh, managers with mm. different disciplines, in charge of different disciplines. So some administrative tasks, generally I'll delegate them because it's not really uh, my cup of tea. And uh, paperwork, maybe, because I'm not too much uh, in the paper. I'm more in the verbal communication. So such kind of activities and uh, when somebody asked me a kind of uh, presentation and you know such kind of report not report but presentation to be done to a management this uh, honestly uh, I immediately uh, delegate what do you yeah I don't like this
1: I thought you would be really good at it well I I know that you would be really good at yeah I
2: can present it but to prepare it I don't like
1: okay no I, I I have a feeling that you would be excellent at presentation actually
2: presentation is okay
1: you don't like to write? A... No. <laughs> okay. I just wondered, if you could turn back time, what would you change? Would you change anything?
2: In my professional life? No, nothing. I will not change it because um, I wanted to, to work in Highland Gas. I am in Highland Gas. I wanted to to manage a job site. I'm managing job sites. So, And uh, I have to admit that uh, working abroad and not in my country gave me... Uh, much more opportunities than if I stay in, in at home, so I, I will not change it. It's quite uh, successful for me, and quite happy with this.
1: I just wondered, right? One final question: What advice would you give to to anybody that was looking to move out of the office and then going into the construction site? What advice would you give them?
2: First, you need to be mobile. So, I mean, you have to accept to move. If you, you are just uh, w- uh, willing to, to make all your life in an office uh, and uh, you are satisfied with uh, doing routine work on a daily basis, you are not done for job site. So you need to, to accept to move abroad, but to move also in um, difficult places. So flexibility is one of the uh, important matters. people and second one would be also uh, to accept uh, others i mean tolerance because you will work with many people from different origins and you have to adapt yourself quite quickly so flexibility tolerance and adaptability well that's i think important uh, qualities you need to get to do this job
1: Yeah. It's quite hard working on site, though, from the Ah, office as well.
2: And and one more for me, uh, as a French, you need to speak English. eh?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: Because if you don't speak English, you are hopeless on the job site.
1: Yep. One final question. Yeah. If you could go back in time, what piece of advice would you give yourself, give your younger self?
2: If I could go back, I would would say when I was younger, I was a little... um, how you say this um, you know when you I, I should keep my my temper sometimes you know i lose my temper quite fast so if i could go back and uh, tell to my young people i would say the, to to try to work on this nowadays it's different but losing my temper sometimes did not deserve me in my work so i, I would advise to be a little more um, calm and think twice before to answer when, especially when you're facing a stressful situation, management, client, subcontractors, or even the team eh? So I know for young people it's a little difficult, but um, this this kind of advice, it's uh, it's I think mean, it's valid for all. Eh? Especially when you are young, try to to be a little a little more, have a little more wisdom before
1: to act. Good advice. That's really good advice. That's all the questions I have today. Okay. I would like to thank Michael for your time. Welcome. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening and see you next week. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd like to gently encourage you to leave a five star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with another person. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or via my website, www.michellefraserconsultancy.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.